heard a lot about the story of Cornelius, but actually we've, we've got a step just before we look into that. And we need to look at the context. It's important to understand where the story that we've just heard fits into the entire story of the Bible. Now, the Bible Project podcast, I don't know if you listen to it, if you've heard of it, um, they go into real detail on, on the family of God and, and this context that I'm going to briefly talk about now. But I really uh, recommend it if you don't um, already listen to it. Um, so anyway, the Bible starts with a really zoomed out picture, doesn't it? It starts with creation, and it starts with talking about the nations. Um, you know, we, we hear about the Tower of Babel and people get, being scattered. It's really zoomed out. And we see about the mess that people get themselves into. Um, but then the Bible zooms right in, in Genesis chapter 12, to one man, one family, because um, God decides to use one to bless many. So he chooses Abraham, and he promises that, that he will bless him, he'll make him into a great nation, and through him, all the nations will be blessed. And we follow his family line, so we go from Abraham through his kids, and we end up with the 12 tribes of Israel, and, and they've been brought out of Egypt. Um, and like, uh, like we heard in our reading, or what Deborah was saying, is that they got given rules and they got set apart as God's holy people in God's promised land. And actually, that's the way that it was for thousands of years. The rest of the Old Testament is all zoomed in on this one group of people, this family of God. These Jews were the people who knew God. They were a part of his family, and everyone else was an outsider, what the Jews call a Gentile. You'll see that when you read your Bibles a lot. It just means sort of an outsider, someone who's not part of the Jewish uh, race. But from the very beginning... We know that that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the end goal. When God made that first promise to Abraham, um, it was, he, he said that all peoples of earth will be blessed through you. God's goal had always been to bless the many through the one. And ultimately, that's what happened through Jesus. One man died so that many could become uh, part of God's family. And it's into that context that we hear this story of Cornelius and Peter. We've got Jews who are God's chosen people, and we've got everyone else, so Cornelius is that outsider. Peter is on the roof, he's hungry and he's praying, and he has this vision of all of these foods that he's not allowed to eat. But God says, kill and eat. God has made them clean. God has made all these things clean, so don't call them unholy. Now, God, through Jesus, declared all animals clean. And that's great news, not just because we can have pepperoni pizza or eagle kebabs, was it, I think? <laughs> not that we're having many of those. Um, but there was a deeper meaning to it, which Peter then went on to discover. So, Peter, nudged by the Holy Spirit, goes with these three men who've come to collect him. And he goes to the house of Cornelius, who've assembled um, all of their friends and family to hear what Peter has to say. Peter explains about the good news of Jesus, and they received the Holy Spirit, an experience which Peter himself had had um, just a few chapters back in the book of Acts. And uh, yeah, when the disciples were praying and they had those tongues of fire fall on them on Pentecost. And so Peter says these words, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They've received the Holy Spirit just as we did, 
there was no difference between what the Jews experienced of the Holy Spirit to what the Gentiles experienced of the Holy Spirit. God hadn't treated Cornelius any differently. Um, and yeah, and they, they both received the Holy Spirit in exactly the same way. Now, that deeper meaning of the, the sheep coming down from heaven is that in the same way that God declared all foods clean, so God declared all people clean. He opened up the way. You know, originally Jews wouldn't have been able to associate. They couldn't hang out with. They couldn't be friends with anyone who wasn't a Jew. But God had made the way open. He'd cleared that, uh, that division. He'd opened up the invitation to the family of God, to all outsiders. So Peter, actually, we, we didn't hear this earlier, but Peter goes back to the Jews in Jerusalem and he tells them about what's happened. And, and initially they're, they're annoyed that he's been associating with non-Jews. But then when they heard this, when they heard about um, the, the Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit, they stopped arguing. They praised God and said, so God is allowing even other nations to turn to him and live. It's amazing, isn't it? That, that them receiving the Holy Spirit, Cornelius and his friends receiving the Holy Spirit, made such a difference. So because of Jesus dying on the cross to make us all clean, we are all welcome into the family of God, Jew or Gentile, insider or outsider. And as Paul says in Ephesians 2, Jesus united Jews and Gentiles, into one people, one family of God. So that's really, that's great stuff to hear, but, but what does it mean for us today? What should we do because of that family of God? So I've just got two things. I've got one thing that we're going to say no to, and one thing that we are going to say yes to. So firstly, let's say no to division. So yeah, no, let's say it together. No. There we go. We're saying no to division. Um, we should wholeheartedly say no to and fight against division. Now, Paul is clear that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross broke down the arguing, the, the bickering between Jews and Gentiles. And that, that was true for the Ephesians, but what does it look in our day and age? Well, over the last year and a half, we've, we've seen the, the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. We've seen the rise of Stop Asian Hate movements. And it's really clear that division is so prevalent in our world. And they desperately, desperately need healing, those divisions. Now, as a global church, we're supposed to be one family, one united family. And so we should be leading this fight against injustice, against racism, against these divisions. It's clear from what Paul says in Ephesians 2 that there's no place for racism or, or division within the church. And where that's not the case, we need to be fighting it. So that's great at a church level, uh, sort of in our heads, but, but what does it look like for you and me? Well, maybe last year you started to go on a journey of, of reading or, or learning about different cultures, different races, people's experience of racism. And I'd really encourage you to continue that journey. Don't just sort of let it be, but continue to learn and let it move into action. 
And as a church leadership team, we're, we're looking at what it means to be improving diversity in our church and how we can be celebrating the unity that we get in Christ. Rest assured, we will be covering this topic in more detail uh, later this year. Um, but as individuals and as a church family, let's be welcoming to people from different cultures, backgrounds, or, or different classes. Let's show them that we are united family. Show the world that we're united. And we heard last week from Ali about BISC, the Bristol International Student Centre, um, and they got their Welcome Week coming up in September. Maybe have a think again. Could that be something that you volunteer at to, to get to know people from other cultures and um, yeah, different countries from all over the world? Have a think about getting involved in that. So let's say no to division. And what should we say yes to? Say yes to friendship. Um, in, in our small group over the, the last few months, we've been looking through the, the book of 1 Peter. And one of the themes that came out quite frequently was hospitality and friendship. Peter says this. He says, open your homes to each other without complaining. Or as the, the New Living Translation puts it, cheerfully share your home. I love that. Now, ideal families do life together. They eat together, they laugh together, they have fun and go on adventures together. They go through difficult times together. They support each other and they cry with each other. And they grow together. And Jesus, after washing his friend's feet, said, Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. In other words, the way that we are a family, the way that we are a church family, shows Jesus to the people around us. It's so amazing, but actually it's a real challenge. Like Our witness, how we, how we show Jesus to those around us, depends on how we love each other. So I'd like you to have a think, maybe, um, maybe later today or, or this afternoon, uh, that is later today, uh, or over the next few days, like... How can you be showing friendship to other people in the church family? Maybe you could uh, try and form a habit of having people over to lunch after church or having, having people around for dinner. You know, when we did those Hey Dougie badges, um, is, is there anything that you need to be doing again from that? Sharing your toys, sharing your sweets with, um, with people around us. Let's share our lives with each other and be a church family, not just on Sunday morning, but a church family throughout the week. Let's try and draw those who aren't part of the family in. Let's, let's show them what being part of God's family looks like and how amazing it is. So let's say yes to friendship. So as I come into land, we're, we're just going to take a moment to pray together. Um, about everything I've talked about. So if you've got children with you, um, you might just want to bring them close to you as we pray um, together. So let's start by chatting to God. Let's bring to mind those things that we, we put down earlier as our favorite things about church and say thank you to God for them. Maybe that's just in your head or if, or if that's difficult, just say it quietly into your hand what you're thankful to God for about church. God, thank you that you've welcomed everyone into your family because of what Jesus did for us. 
Thank you that it can be a place where everyone is included and we can find unity. Please help us to say no to division and yes to friendship. And now in in the quiet, let's just spend a moment catching back from God. How might God want us to show friendship to other people in our family? Who's on the outside that needs to be brought in to our church family? Let's catch back from God now. God, please help us to show friendship and hospitality. May the way we love each other show that we belong to your family. Amen.